Welcome to Streams for the Soul and Spirit, a podcast of the Soul Care Ministry at the Ram Church International. This broadcast is dedicated to promoting wholeness in the body of Christ through conversations at the intersection of faith and mental health. In 1967, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, released a hit song, Natural Woman. In an expose of that song, a writer suggested that it carries a deeper meaning, that the lyrics are sort of a coming out narrative uh, of uh, the singer becoming confident in her womanhood. And, and I'm assuming, you know, this is probably why uh, in the 60s women were able to connect and even beyond that uh, have connected with this song because there's that affirmation of uh, their their womanhood. Hello, my name is Aline Hede, and I am your host of today's episode, Streams for the Soul and Spirit. I was talking uh, with some of my lady friends recently, and we were having this conversation about what it means to be uh, a woman in today's society. And since March is Women's History Month, I wanted to have a look at some of the complexities of being a woman uh, from a biopsychosocial and spiritual perspective. Theoretically, we know that men and women are different, but historically, that has not always translated into uh, these differences being accounted for uh, in allowing women to fully express their womanness, if if that's even a word. From a mental health perspective, it's only in recent decades that the focus on women's health has led to a multidisciplinary approach of studying women's functioning and using those findings to formulate gender-specific assessments and treatment for women. Um, Dr. Miles Monroe said, one of the most difficult challenges a female faces in the postmodern era is that she's trying to live in a world designed for men. I enjoy listening to um, Dr. Monroe unpack uh, how God designed and um, purposed a woman and how he calls her a wombed man. Uh, a man with a womb. Physiologically, women's bodies are designed to carry and nurture life. You know, we give birth to babies. For instance, women have less muscle mass, less bone mass, and they have a higher percentage of body fat than men. So women tend to have a softer and warmer physical characteristics than men, which is also conducive to their social roles as caregivers and nurturers. Conversely, men are physiologically built for strength and labor. Now, if we look back in Genesis, the curse uh, God placed on Adam it was that he was going to work the ground. I think of um, an experiment we learned when I was in grad school uh, on attachment between parents and children, uh, which uh, Harry Harlow conducted in the in the fifties. He took infant monkeys and separated them from their birth mothers, 
um, to be raised by two inanimate surrogate mothers. And the experiment design uh, was that one of the inanimate surrogate mothers was made of wire mesh, while the other surrogate mother was also wire mesh, but um, covered with a soft terry cloth. Both surrogate mothers provided the infant monkeys with the, the milk that they needed to, to survive. But the infant monkeys who were given the choice which mother to associate with almost always chose to take milk from the, the mother, the mesh uh, mother, but with the terry cloth. Um, the, this experiment kind of brings out the emotional elements of attachment, but in my mind, you know, I usually go to this illustration when I think of, you know, kids or even adults needing comfort and soothing. Um, I always say, you know, who would choose rough and prickly over soft and warm, right? Um, the woman's physiology uh, that's designed for childbearing also brings with it unique experiences for women. Uh, you know, one of the main ones is, you know, menstrual cycle from the age of puberty to um, the age of menopause, which marks the end of the woman's reproductive cycle. Uh, we're aware of the physiological changes that women experience with their menstrual cycle and with menopause. But what is less talked about is how these hormonal changes impact women mentally. Some women experience increased depression. Um, they have significant mood shifts. And uh, some have to be treated for premenstrual syndrome, PMS, or premenstrual dysphoric disorder, PMDD. Unfortunately, because they exhibit these hormonal changes, women have, you know, are used to getting unhelpful comments like, oh, you know, she's in one of her moods again, or, you know, oh, she's going through one of her changes. In First Peter, in uh, chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with your wives with understanding, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may be not hindered. I heard Bishop T.D. Jake say that it took him 15 years to understand his wife, and he's still being a student of his wife because she is uh, someone who is evolving and changing. That element of men showing understanding uh, towards women has not always been there. Another element to pull from that verse is, uh, is that use of the term weaker vessel. And this power imbalance, instead of eliciting the protection of the male towards the, the female, uh, instead women have, be, have been subjected to violence, uh, you know, since as long as we can think of. 
statistics from the World Health Organization estimates that one in three women globally experience violence as a result of sexual violence or intimate partner violence, which is around 736 million women. That is a pervasive issue across all countries and cultures. So let's look at, you know, from an emotional perspective. Um, women are experiencing a castration of sorts of their emotions. And what I mean by that is women are increasingly being socialized to repress their emotions because they're constantly being told that they're overreacting, they're too sensitive, too emotional, they're irrational. And we see this even in the church where, you know, women uh, in ministry are asked to be mindful of their emotions and to watch their tone. Dr. Miles Monroe said, because women have been mistreated and experienced pre prejudice, what we see in today's society is a result of women's reaction. He says women feel as they, as though they have to compete with men to gain some sort of equality. And because of the pressure to be as competent as their male counterparts, women are shying away from vulnerability because they do not want to be seen as weak or una unable to, to handle the challenges. From the from a mental health perspective, uh, we're seeing more and more of these women who are successful in their careers, who are in senior leadership positions, struggling with anxiety because they've now adopted this predominantly male mode of operation. That when a situation finally hits their life, they have no idea how to navigate their emotions. And I wasn't aware how prevalent this issue was among women until I started seeing a pattern with clients in therapy. Women seeing their emotions as an inconvenience and uh, wanting to know how quickly they can resolve whatever is causing them distress. I had a woman say, you know, I don't have time to grieve. I have a business to run. Mm. And I understand that um, the evolution of society and women's role in it warrants some of that pressure. You know, women have fought hard for their rights uh, and to have access to some of the spaces that were historically the domain of men. But as Dr. Miles Monroe pointed out, in their fight for equality, women are losing their female essence. And this was a conversation that he was having almost 20 years ago. Imagine what that looks like now. It used to be that, you know, men were the breadwinners and women were homemakers. But now, you know, we are uh, emancipated. We pay the bills. We, uh, we see anything we like. We buy it without asking anyone. You know, we take ourselves on vacations. Uh, we go to a restaurant and want to take care of the bill. You know, um, recently I was going into a building with a guy friend and I, I was walking in front and this older man held the door open for me. 
And he said, looking at my friend, he said, we were taught that the woman goes in first. And that's the mentality that I have, str I have struggled with because I feel like it makes me look helpless. Like I don't need someone to open the door for me. I can open my own door. You know, but I'm learning to be intentional about not reacting like that. And, that, and it's even funny because I don't feel like that when my son opens the doors for me. You know, I guess it feels, I feel safe. Um, so as we were about to go into the, through the second door of that building, I stopped and I allowed my friend to open the door for me. The era of women expected to do nothing except put on heels, look cute, and take care of the home is obsolete. You know, now culture paints the ideal for the woman as, you know, one who does it all and has it all. You know, she climbs the corporate ladder. She's a girl boss. Um, you know, she has the perfect family picture and keeps her pristine home. And, you know, for some women, you, you throw in that mix doing ministry. And so we're seeing ourselves as being at a deficit from the starting point and then striving to find value and significance in all these external things. But one of the positive things, and, and this is just my personal opinion, that has come out of all this pressure for perfectionism and overachieving is that there has been a shift among women towards a culture of sisterhood. Because women have not received the understanding and accommodations for the demands that society places on them, they have learned to turn it to each other for support, which is also psychologically you know, beneficial because you know, women thrive in uh, being part of um, social circles and being in relationships. Um, they do better mentally. Among other avenues that have become available to women for support is mentorship. In Paul's letter to Titus, he instructs Titus in chapter 2 to teach the older women holiness living so that those older women in turn will train the younger women how to conduct themselves. We see um, the first example of mentorship in the Bible between Naomi and Ruth and how Naomi mentored and guided Ruth. As women, we don't have to do it alone. As much as the, the males in our lives, our fathers, our brothers, husbands, um, love us and want to support us, they, there are some things that they won't quite understand. And we need to create those spaces for ourselves where, you know, a woman can talk about the difficulties of being a mom to another mom and she gets it. When we can share the struggles of being, you know, full-time employed and struggling sometimes with uh, mommy guilt or the challenges of being a woman in ministry. So my prayer is that we understand as women how uh, God has built us and our unique differences, that we would embrace our strengths, but also our limitations. 
that we would not lose the essence of our womanhood, that we would be inspired by the women who have gone before us and we would hold the hands of the ones that are coming behind us. Thank you for listening. We hope today's broadcast has been a blessing to you. For questions or comments about the show or the Soul Care Ministry, email us at soulcare@therampchurch.com or visit us on Facebook under Soul Care Ministry. We invite you to join us again next week for another episode. Until then, may God renew and refresh your soul and your spirit.